Welcome back to another episode of Climbing the Pocket Fantasy with myself, Miles Gorham, and with my co-host, Flip Mazzi. Flip, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Glad to be on with you again, Miles. I hope you realize we play each other <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in the Dynasty League, and you got the 3-0 record, but I'm coming for you. Coming <laughs> man, for you. I'm a little worried. I got Austin Eckler on my team, too, and of course, Melvin Gordon decides to come back. You know, well, you knew that, that was going to happen. Luck. I did, but you know, still, Austin Eckler is one of the top, you know, running backs of fantasy to start the season. So, kind of just disappoints you a little bit. <laughs> I get it. I, I I'm not apathetic this week, though. I'm coming for, <laughs> for you. sure. Right, but I think that kind of helps, you know, tee up kind of what we're going to be talking about this week. With this week's podcast, we're really going to talk about start sits and kind of help. You know, we want to help the fans and help everybody with their fantasy teams with who they could possibly start or sit this week. Should we jump into it? Yeah, let's jump into it. This this podcast airs on Saturday, right before you're setting your lineups up. Hopefully, we're able to give you some good advice walking through the start six. Definitely. Well, let's let's start off with uh, with quarterbacks, and then we'll kind of take everybody through quarterback some some of our uh, some quarterbacks we like or we don't like, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, and then we'll get you out of here to start. Let's start at quarterback. Some of the you know quarterback injuries and some of the impacts and it ha- it's had on fantasy and. Mason Rudolph is that perfect example with Big Ben being out all season. Kind of what are your thoughts on on Mason Rudolph this week against the Bengals? Mason Rudolph is really interesting. I think he's still got to acclimate to what Pittsburgh's trying to do with him at the helm, which really affects him. It affects James Conner. And he doesn't really have any big-time targets outside of Juju and Vance McDonald. They just traded for Nick Vanette, right? So it's uh it's interesting. I'm not sold on Mason Rudolph. I think he's a sit this week. He does have a good matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are giving up a lot of points to quarterbacks. But you got to have better options than Mason Rudolph. You would think a quarterback. Yeah, I agree. That's that's kind of where I'm I'm thinking too. I'm like, unless you're like in desperation mode where you're in a two QB league and you lost a guy like Cam Newton or Big Ben, then I could understand making him like your second QB in a two QB league, but. If it's a one QB league, there's got to be some guys available that you should be able to start over over Mason Rudolph. I agree. I'm actually more bullish on the other quote-unquote backup quarterbacks who are going to be taking over. Daniel Jones taking over for Eli Manning and uh, and Kyle Allen taking over for Cam Newton. So do you have any thoughts on those guys, Miles? Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing that – if there's one guy that, you know, could really uh, – that's really showed out, and I think <laughs> tempered some people, or you know, got some people to, to quiet down a little bit. Was Daniel Jones last week against Tampa Bay? He played really well. I, I mean, it wasn't just you know some some decent throws here or there or whatever. He he ran the ball well. He he was hitting receivers left and right. Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, those guys had huge weeks. He looked really good, and he looked the part. He looked like arguably the you know one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. And uh, I know a lot of people made fun of the Giants. For that pick, and I'm I'm one of those guys that wasn't a big fan of Daniel Jones coming out. So far, he's looked good, so I can't really can't really say too much about it right now. But I would I definitely against the Washington defense that we saw kind of get they they did pretty decent against Mitchell Trubisky and the Chicago Bears on Monday night. But at the same time, I their defense really isn't all that good, especially at the back end. Their their cornerbacks and their uh, safeties they got Landon Collins, but he hasn't played all that well uh, to start the season. And then there's uh, Josh Norman, who has been a shell of himself the last couple of years. So if you're looking at 
young quarterbacks to start young guys, you know, in two QB leagues, or like I said about Mason Rudolph, Daniel Jones is definitely an upgrade over a guy like Mason Rudolph for me. Kyle Allen, what what do you think, Flip? I I'm a little bit more hesitant on this one against Houston. I think he's got some pretty good weapons, and he's got a pretty uh, obviously one of the best running backs in the league. But um, I thought I'd be a little, little bit more hesitant this week to start him than I was because I think last week could have been a little bit more of a not a fluke, but I don't I don't even know how to explain it. It's just I just don't know if last week was something I would expect week in and week out yet. Yeah, I see that point of view. To be honest, I think you start both of these guys. Uh, Jones put up 35 fantasy points last year, last week. Washington's just terrible on defense, terrible in the pass game, fifth worst, giving up court, giving up points to quarterbacks right now. So just start them, go for it. And Allen, Houston is just sixth worst in giving up points to quarterbacks right behind Washington. So he's actually got a great matchup too. Now, is he the style of quarterback that uh, Jones is? Is he going to be airing it out? No, but, I mean, he's got Christian McCaffrey. This is fantasy. All he's got to do is throw that two-yard pass and let the man run with it, let DJ Moore feast. So I like both of these guys, especially if you're in a pinch with all the injuries that happen to the starting quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I think you convinced me. <laughs> yeah, and I think, like I said before, I'd, I would start both of those guys over at Mason Rudolph this week. Definitely, I agree there. Who's next? We're looking at Jacoby Brissett uh, against the Raiders. What do you think? What do you think of that one? Brissett is, I would classify him as consistent. He's put up just just around 17, 18 fantasy points every week. Oakland is a playable matchup. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a huge day out of Brissett, but you're not gonna get a low floor game either. So I would just put him as consistent. Doesn't really get me excited, but I guess start him. <laughs> you sounded way more excited about the 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 rookie the rookies or the young quarterbacks and Kyle Allen and Daniel Jones and here you are talking about Jacoby Brissett like he's nobody. I mean, I, I, who's he throwing to? I just I don't I don't understand the Colts offense. Maybe that's my bad. No, no, I I'm with you. I mean, Ty Hilton, I'd I'd monitor that for sure. Like if Ty Hilton's out, that really makes it a little harder to want to start a guy like Jacoby Brissett. So I get it. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page. Yeah. No, we are. I just you know wanted to kind of give you a hard, hard time there. <laughs> um, last one that we were going to talk about for quarterbacks start sit this week is Buffalo. They're three and zero. Their quarterback Josh Allen. They're going up against the Patriots. We know it's the Patriots, right? You know all the all the hoopla that goes on. You shouldn't don't play players against the the Patriots and whatnot. But what are your thoughts on uh, Josh Allen against the Patriots this week? Yeah, I think Josh Allen is right around that kind of mid tier level against the Patriots. The matchup really hurts him for what he's trying to do. Now, we haven't seen the Patriots in that many close games, and this could be a close game, which would give Joss Allen more upside. But if the Patriots do on defense what they've been doing to other quarterbacks, then Josh Allen is a clear sit. Yeah, no, I agree. That's kind of where I'm sitting as well. Unless you don't, like, unless he's your only option, I'd really consider going, going elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, awesome. I agree. Yeah, go for it. You know, moving on, let's let's jump into running backs a little bit and kind of talk about some of the guys that we wanted to consider and uh, and go through because you know some of these guys they've 
some of the guys that we're going to talk about for running backs, they've had some, they haven't really started off the season all that well. And I kind of wanted to gauge your thoughts. Are you ready to sit these guys or are you, you ready to still have faith in them? So to start, let's talk kind of a guy that that's disappointed so far this season. Not really sure if it's just his fault or if it's kind of a little bit of um, how the offense has been running, but Sony Michelle and against the bills. And we just talked about the, the Josh Allen versus the Patriots, but let's flip it. Sony Michelle versus the Bills. What are your thoughts there? I know he's kind of been disappointing to fantasy owners so far this season. Sony Michelle is a sit. He's going against Buffalo in Buffalo. They're one of the best running defenses in the league. If New England wins this game, it's going to be through the air. Like they've really won all the rest of their games. I mean, Sony Michelle has the volume. He's just not putting up the yardage or scoring the touchdowns needed to be a relevant fantasy back. So if you're down on him, this certainly isn't the week that you expect him to turn it around. Yeah, no, I I actually am kind of in agreement with that. If I was going to start one of the running backs for the Patriots this week, it'd probably be James White. So because I I believe, like you said, they're going to be kind of trying to win the game through the air more than they are on the ground. And um, they've lost their starting fullback, who's a pretty big part of their offensive, uh, their run game. And they're missing some offensive linemen, so um, James White to me would probably be a better a better fill in or a better start this week at running back because of his pass catching ability. We agree there, Miles. We agree there. Now, next, I gotta ask you about this guy because I asked you about him before during the preseason, during fantasy draft season, but now it's kind of looking shaky for him again. Chris Carson coming off a tough game uh, going against the Saints now. The Seahawks travel to Arizona. Do you think he's still the guy in Seattle? Yeah, I mean, Pete Carroll came out and said that he was and that they still have all the faith in him. But it's, I definitely understand the the worry. It sounds like, he, what, he's fumbled in all three games this season? Yeah. I don't think he's fumbled more than twice his entire career, college or pro, before um, before this season. So that it's a little worrisome. It makes me feel better, though, that that – before this season, it wasn't a problem for him. So you would expect that that you know it should be correctable um, because it wasn't a problem. I also have a little bit more optimism about him because Rashad Penny, their their uh, 2018 first round draft pick, he's been hurt. I don't think he's practiced so far through Thursday this week. We'll find out obviously Friday. Keep an eye on Friday and Saturday for kind of his designation, but. Um, Otherwise, outside of that, it's really C.J. Procise is the other guy that they'd, they'd look to put on the field, and he's more of just a pass-catching back. So I, I would personally start Chris Carson this week. I think the game script is going to, at least early on, they're going to try to establish the run. We know the, the Cardinals are the type of team that are going to try to throw the ball all over the yard, but um, I, could see, I could see the Seahawks trying to kind of slow things down by running, rushing the ball and kind of keeping the ball away from Kyler Murray and the and the Cardinals so they don't run 60 plays a game. All right. What about Devonta Freeman versus the Titans? Oh, that <laughs> one, that one's a little more tough for me <laughs> just because, I mean, Freeman had, I mean, I think finally Freeman got a little opportunity to kind of, he looked better last week than he did the first two weeks of the season. His backup, Edo Smith, who was kind of getting some more playing time the first two weeks of the season as well. He's hurt. I would probably even consider starting Freeman. It would, to me, it would depend on what where he is in your lineup. Is he more of a because he's more of a, he'd be more of a flex play for me than an RB one or even an RB two. It would depend to me on what your lineup is, who you have outside of Freeman. 
Obviously, if he's if he's your top running back right now, you're probably going to need to play him. But preferably, he'd be your second or third best, and then you consider putting him in like a flex spot. And at that point, I would do that. Yeah, we need to do. We might need to do a bust of the year award, fantasy bust of the year. Freeman Freeman might be. <laughs> yeah, down we there. really should. And I I know even like I was really excited about Freeman this year too. Like you no know, Tevin Coleman, um, he's finally healthy. There we you know we expect their offense to be better. And we just haven't seen it so far. He was a really good sleeper pick, not doing anything in 2018 because of the injury, but he was the best, one of the best backs in fantasy during 2017. So it was a buy low on Devonta Freeman, and he's just blowing it. Edo <laughs> Smith coming along, stealing touches. <laughs> it's tough, man. I'm they and they they love to do their you know two running back. Which I get. I mean, you don't want to kill your starter and, and Devontae Freeman, so that's why you spell him with somebody that's talented like Anito Smith or previously with Tevin Coleman. But, I mean, Freeman's good, and he's a, he's a really good player. Obviously, you'd like to keep him fresh and healthy, but at the same time, outside of Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, you need playmakers. That The Falcons need playmakers, and Freeman's that. So I'm, I'm kind of surprised, or I kind of expect to see a little bit more moving forward. I mean, it's not like Edo Smith is an Alex Madison back there. I'm, you got to give Freeman the ball more. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> you just had to throw Madison I had in there. to. Had to. Who we got next? <laughs> uh, looking at it next, well, I mean, this, this is probably one of the biggest fantasy impacts we've seen all season. So, to date, Saquon Barkley's out for what could be up to eight weeks. They said with a high ankle sprain, they said, Four to six weeks or four to eight weeks, um, I'd probably lean a little bit more closer to the eight just because you never know. Um, that's at least how I'd be planning it. Um, but with that, Wayne Gallman is the backup running back in, in New York. And we know that they, the offense is circled. It's, it's surrounded by Saquon Barkley. They run everything through him. He's their, he's their best player on offense and, you know, he's their feature. So how do they, how do things adjust with Wayne Gallman compared to Barkley? Because obviously Gallman's not as talented as Barkley is. He can catch the ball pretty well, though, so that at least helps. But um, he's not as dynamic. He's not He's not the same playmaker. So is he a kind of guy for you, Flip, that you would consider starting this week? His first week of, of full-time action as a starter um, going into a week against Washington? You know, this is a good one, Miles, because I look at our matchup. I look at who we got in the lineup. And there, Miles Hot Lockets has got Wayne Gallman in the flex spot. <laughs> so I guess we know what Miles would do. Favorite, <laughs> yeah, well, we have a lot of flex spots, and it's a super flex league too. So I picked him up. I got him off waivers. I kind of paid a little bit more than I wanted to, but I needed the depth, especially with not knowing what Austin Eckler was going to do moving forward. And I'm three and zero, so I kind of wanted to take the shot and. I'm I'm willing to roll the dice a little nice bit. Nice humble brag. Nice humble brag there. Or you know. <laughs> uh have to, right? I, I mean, I our league is a special league. Wayne Gallman is a sit in a normal league. You you pass against the Redskins. It's not a good team to run against. And this whole oh, running backs don't matter thing has gone too far. You don't just plug in Wayne Gallman when Saquon Barkley gets injured and expect to get what Saquon Barkley got or really even close to it. So the way I like to look at it, maybe Wayne Gallman can be like a 50% or a 60% of Saquon Barkley 
And if he doesn't do more than that, then he's really not a starting fantasy running back. I'd agree with that. I do believe, though, that with the way that they're so the way their offense is set up through Saquon Barkley, they're at least going, you're going to see Gallman be heavily involved in both the run and the pass just because that's what Barkley was. I don't think it'll be this, to the same extent, but I think it'll obviously be, he'll have an impact in both, especially in PPR, half PPR leagues. He'll have a big impact there, or at least he should be a, a viable flex option. That is a really good point, Miles. He does factor into the passing game. And so when Danny Dimes drops back to pass, Gallman's one of his options. So <laughs> Exactly. Let's, let's kind of run through these last two names real quick, and then we'll move on to wide receivers. LaShawn McCoy, he's been banged up, but it looks like he's finally good to go again uh, against Detroit. And then there's Peyton Barber, uh, who's kind of had a weird season in the Buccaneers running, running back by committee situation with Ronald Jones. They've had a weird scenario as well. Would you start LaShawn McCoy against Detroit this week and Peyton Barber against the Rams? So LaShawn McCoy is a guy you monitor what Damian Williams is going to do. He's questionable right now, might not play. If Williams misses that game, LaShawn McCoy is a clear start. He got he put up 20-something fantasy points last week when with Williams out. And Detroit's a great matchup. They allow the fifth most points to fantasy running backs right now. So Shady just might be back. I really like that start. Peyton Barber, the exact opposite. This is a sit. He's he's so bad. He's like under four yards of carry, even though he's getting 15 touches a game. Doesn't factor into the receiving game at all. And so going up against the Los Angeles Rams, how are you going to start a guy who's carry volume dependent when his team's going to be down 20 points and doesn't factor as a pass catcher. He's a sit. <laughs> I love when you go on those rants, man. <laughs> Great. When you trash, when you trash players, I love sit it. it. Sit um, but I, but I'm a hundred percent in agreements. Greens. Wow. On Peyton Barber, LaShawn McCoy, I believe I would probably start him, especially if I'm looking at a flex option or an RB two. I think he has that opportunity. He's their best. Uh, run, he's the best running back on that team. So it would make a lot of sense if he's healthy to play him. Miles, I'm an op- optimistic guy, man. I don't like to trash players. <laughs> You're <laughs> optimistic until somebody, until you don't need to be, and, or until someone gives you a reason and not then to Then I'm just going to give you facts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, talking about facts, I know a guy that you kind of, I think you've been pretty uh, hesitant on or that you've talked about so far this season, I know he's not on our list, and he's on bye, so it, it's kind of more of a, not really a start-sick question, but what are your thoughts on Dante Pettis right now? Oh, it's just the exact type of wide receiver I hate. You know, <laughs> guys, guys, a third option on his team does nothing, and then the moment it's clear that you need to bench the guy, he gets some garbage-time touchdown. It, like... <laughs> what are you gonna do with what are you gonna do with a guy like that? He scores a touchdown and then he goes on by the next week. I mean, what are you gonna do? <laughs> right? No, no, I get it. I just wanted to put that out there because we had talked yeah, about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but on a serious note, jumping back, jumping into wide receivers, I kind of made it as a trio because let's talk about the Rams wide receivers versus the Bucks. Robert Woods has had a slow start to the season. Brandon Cooks, he's obviously up, been up and down, but he's had he's had more ups than than Woods has so far this season. Then Cooper Cup's been the most consistent 
receiver between the three to start the season. Uh, and he seems to obviously be uh, Jared Goff's favorite target. Who would, what would be your order of one, two, and three for, for the Rams wide receivers this week against the Bucks for you? And would you sit any of them? Because personally, I'd have a hard time not wanting to start all three. But would you sit any of them? Sure. I mean, I feel like you're the expert. You should be answering this question. I got to rank three players. <laughs> so it, I put Cup number one, Cooks two, Woods three. As a as players, okay. I like Woods more than I like Cup. Or, or sorry, more than I like Cooks. I, I love Cup. I like Woods. I'm not as big as Cooks. I think he's more of just just the system guy, the deep threat that works when you have everything else working in an offense like the Rams do. But for fantasy purposes, Cup and Cooks are one and two. Woods is playing the third fiddle there. For this week, going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you start all three of them. Because I think that's a great matchup that makes Woods startable. But in most weeks, Robert Woods is going to be a boom-bust proposition. I actually, I agree. I think, And I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game than, than I think even people might realize. Just because I think both teams like to pass the ball a lot. And I think that's just kind of what they're going to get into not, obviously not what we saw from the Vikings and Rams last season, but I think you're going to see a little bit more scoring than, than anticipated. True, true that. So next, who we got next on this list? We got, oh, we got the... Our own oh, Vikings. We got Diggs. Ooh, I'll let you take this one. Yeah, Tell man. us about start sit on Stephon Diggs, Miles. It's tough. I mean, we we know that, you know, talking about Vikings wide receivers heading into the season, a big thing... A big thing you wanted to consider with the Vikings was we knew that they wanted to run the ball more, and they did that. Um, in the first three weeks of the season, they've run the ball more than any team in the league by a long shot, and we knew that that could probably hurt Diggs and, and Thielen. Diggs, it's it's hurt Diggs more than it's hurt, hurt Thielen to start the season. Diggs is on the, – the start hasn't been good for him, unfortunately. He's got six catches for 101 yards and, and a touchdown through three games. That's just – for a guy of his talent, that's just it's just crazy to me. I know the game scripts haven't really favored him, especially in the against the the Falcons week one and the Raiders week three. But but man, it it's a tough one because I under, I I would completely understand why somebody would would bench Stephon Diggs this week if obviously depending on their options as well. He's gonna break out one of these games. He's just too he's too talented not to, in my opinion. But this might be the one where you want to temper those expectations because. The Bears, they do have one of the best defenses in the league. Really good cornerbacks, good safeties, and they're not gonna their their goal is to not let Stephon Diggs beat them deep. Not that he can't do it or won't do it, but that's gonna be a, a factor against the Vikings this week. And so for me, I'm probably benching him this week. Unfortunately, I don't like to say that, but I just think the I just think it's gonna be a the Vikings are gonna want to run the ball as much as they can and I just don't know if, if Diggs is really going to get the opportunities that you'd like to see out of a, a guy like his with his talent. You spent uh, you spent draft capital on like you spent high draft capital to get him too, and I just don't see it happening this week. I would love for it to, by the way, but I'm just not sure it will. Oh yeah, that's the sad truth, Miles, and kind of the same thing with the Rams. We believe in both Diggs and Thielen as players. It's just this is fantasy. We're talking fantasy here, and so what's really happened is. The change in scheme has changed Diggs and Thielen. It's changed them from PPR machines into touchdown-dependent players. And so 
you look at Diggs only getting 12 targets. Well, Adam Thielen only has 16 targets on the year. The only reason why he's actually viable is because he's got two touchdowns. So it's not it's not like Adam Thielen's doing much better here. It's just a scheme hurting both guys. I agree. I agree 100. percent And I'm curious to see like and like we talked about the first the first and the third game, those situations for the Vikings have been a lot different than than what uh, than what we saw against the Packers. But I think and and they're very it's not they're not predictable. They're not they're not common situations where you know the Vikings get up really early based off turnovers you know, big rush runs, you, you, you're up what the first game was 21, nothing to start basically to start the game uh, against the Raiders. I think they got up 14, nothing right away. So your game script kind of goes uh, a different way. So I'm kind of, it makes you wonder what are we going to see consistently after that? So that, that's something to keep an eye on because I don't think it's sustainable, but, but for now, Diggs and Diggs especially is probably a, a hold. I don't know if I'd trade him or anything like that, but because you're not going to get the value you'd, you'd want to get from a guy like him. But he's definitely a guy I'd hold on my bench. Definitely. All right, Miles. How do you feel about Josh Gordon against the Buffalo Bills this week? How does he factor into the Patriots receiving core going forward? Yeah, I mean, the Patriots, we know the whole Antonio Brown situation. Uh, they cut Antonio Brown last Friday. So now that he's gone, they're, they're without Gronkowski. He retired too in the offseason. So we've seen the Patriots go, they've gone more three wide receiver sets than they might have done in the past where, you know, with Gronk, he kind of acted as a receiver and obviously was an elite blocker. But now they've kind of spread teams out a little bit more. And I think that makes more of the Patriots wide receivers viable fantasy options. I think Gordon, that makes Gordon a good one. He's a, a really good possession receiver, but also we know he's got big playability. To me, I'd start him as a flex or a wide receiver too, because I believe that with Edelman and, and Dorsett also um, in the mix, I think Gordon has the chance to kind of see single coverage quite often. All right. All right. And uh, we got one more receiver here to cover. I'm just going to tell you no. I'm just going to tell you no uh, <laughs> on this one. Uh, Devontae Parker versus the Chargers. I wouldn't – I mean, I wouldn't start any – of the Dolphins players at this point, and we haven't seen anything. Kenny and Drake, maybe, but that's because you probably drafted him as a guy that you thought would be a fantasy contributor. But otherwise, I'm I'm not starting any Dolphins players. How how do the Dolphins not have a single relevant fantasy asset? They don't have a single player, like because they trade them away. They they put themselves in this, but situation. like not one. Like if Jarvis Landry was there, he still might not be doing anything. No, uh, that's, that's the crazy part. And, and like I said, Kenny and Drake's the only guy you consider. And that's only because he's their starting running back. I mean, what's going like, throw the ball to the tight end, get somebody going. It's who is their tight end? Mike Gusecki. Oh, Oh, that guy. I mean, wow. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. All right, well, speaking about well, tight ends. Yeah, let's wrap, up, let's wrap up our segment in the pod this week with the tight ends. Okay, so we got the new starter in Seattle, Will Disley, fresh off the trade, getting his teammate Nick Vanette traded to the Steelers. He's now the guy in Seattle. He scored three touchdowns this year, and the Seahawks are going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Is he a start or a sit? Against the Cardinals and in this offense, I... Again, I, to me, it's one of those situations. What does your tight end situation look like? Do you need a tight end? Do you because because of Vance McDonald's injury or something like that? 
Will Disley to me is a he's a start if unless you have a better option. He's he scored touchdowns like what two touchdowns this season. He's been a pretty decent part of this offense, so this pass offense. So I I'd consider starting him. Obviously, unless you have a better a better solution at tight end, or you need to start multiple, which most leagues I know you don't, but you never know. Okay, okay, and then we got Eric Ebron going up against the Raiders. Yeah, his situation, Ebron's situation. I mean, he's been he's disappointed so far this season. Um, I think we knew that though. A little, we we expected it when Andrew Luck retired that he'd probably regress a little bit. He led the league in touchdowns last season with fourteen. I obviously expected expected him not to to have those same numbers again, but you expected some fantasy relevance, at least I did, or you you hope for it to him not to have to be tight end dependent, but. He's at the point where he's really tight end dependent because he's not seeing the volume um, with Jacoby Brissett as you'd like. So to me, I would prefer to sit him, but again, it's just one of those scenarios like, is he your only option or is he your best option? Like if I'm choosing between Eric Ebron and Will Disley, I'm probably going Will Disley in that situation. So general comment on tight ends because you're saying Ebron is somebody you start only if if you're in a tight spot because there's so few tight ends. Just looking at the league right now, it looks like there's a lot of tight ends coming online. You know, it just started with the top three, Kelsey, uh, Zach Ertz, and George Kittle to start the year. But now you got Mark Andrews making plays. You got Darren Waller making plays. You have TJ Hawkinson showing flashes. So is the tight end group starting to get... Yeah, Yeah. it... It might be a, a better position, a, a deeper position than we thought than before the year started. No, that's a that's a really good point, and I think people are so used to tight ends not being relevant in fantasy that they kind of just blow them off, or it's not they don't it's not a feature for them anymore. But that yeah, that's definitely changed with with all these young guys coming in and, and having big impacts. And then there's guys you know like OJ Howard or Eric Ebron, guys that you didn't expect or you expected to be better than they've been. So some of the top guys you expected are no, aren't top, aren't the top guys right now. So they're, they could be guys that you, you know, down the road um, end up having fantasy relevance, but that's a really good point. So like you said, flip, there are probably better options out there than Eric Ebron right now, because of all the guys that are available and fantasy relevant at the tight end position. Agreed. Agreed. And I think that is, all the start sit advice one could possibly ask for miles. <laughs> so many guys we went through. We we just ran through that. Ran through that. <laughs> and any closing comments? Go for it. No, yeah, that's it. I mean, obviously, if anybody has any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to Flipper I on Twitter. Um, you know, you can find me at Miles Gorm85. Flip, you can find him at Flip Mozzie. We're you know, we love to interact with people on Twitter. Um, I love mm-hmm. to talk fantasy. So, so please, again, don't, re- don't hesitate to reach out if you have any questions. Yes, yes, sir. Start of the week, Daniel Jones. Just believe. <laughs> have some fun with it. It's a great weekend in Love the NFL. It. We got some big games, so I hope everybody gets their fantasy mojo going. Everybody enjoys the weekend. Thanks for having me on, Miles. Yeah, man, I always appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>